TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is United Way of the Plains President and CEO Pat Hanrahan. Welcome to Issues 2018, Pat. Well, thank you, Steve. It's nice. good to be here. Now, it's nice to have you with us again. Now, now, how long have you been with United Way of the Plains? You know, I've been here so long. You know those big oak trees on Edgemore? Yeah. Uh, I, they were saplings when I started. Okay. <laughs> no, I came to Wichita in 1985 and said I would spend five years here, but I would never do 10 like I did in Texas. Yeah, what, so, what part of Texas did you come from again? Well, I, I grew up in Iowa, but I was yeah, down I in the Houston area. In the Houston area, yeah. So I, I can't count very well. That five years is stretched out a ways. So, so what did you do before? Were you doing something similar to this down there? You know, I've I've been in United Way my whole career. I started as the executive director in Iowa City, right out of the University of Iowa, at age 23. And that's all I've ever done. Really? Yep. That's, that's interesting. Because you'd think that wouldn't be a job for a guy just out of college. But well, apparently you impressed him with your resume. Well, I don't know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky. Yeah. Um, now, we're talking about the United Way of the Plains. Does this cover all of the plains, you know, from Texas, Oklahoma? No, this, how big is your geographic area of service, Pat? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, people ask that. We we are told to cover, or by our national office, mm-hmm. uh, Sedgwick County, Butler County, and Sumner County. But if you really look at the uh, statistics of the agencies, the service provided, and so forth, basically, if you look at Sedgwick County and all the perimeter counties of Sedgwick, so that's seven or eight counties that we're pretty active in. Really? So uh, how many employees do you have then? Well, we've got 38 employees, but that's uh, primarily because we run several direct programs, our statewide 211 call program and our volunteer center and the Give Warehouse. So there's some things there that we do that are direct services for people that that really help out the community. Okay, uh, so the annual uh, fundraising drive begins every year with this big fun breakfast and uh, at which you unveil the goal, uh, right? I've right. been there. Right. right. <laughs> so what is the goal for, for this year, Pat? Our goal this year is $13 million. Um, that's not the highest we've ever raised. And uh, it's actually lower than where we were last year. But, you know, we're coming back. It's, it's been a tough 10 years in Wichita with the economy. Economy's getting better, but we're still not back where we need to be. And uh, the significance of that is that, you know, the more money we raise, the more good we can do. And the less we have, the less we can do. So it's very important that we meet that goal and that we exceed that goal. Memory serves me. And we've, we've talked, uh, well, every year we've talked for over the past few years for this show. And if memory serves me, uh, your t- goal's been up to over $15 million a time or two in Back the last in, few years, right? That's right. Back in 2007, we actually raised $16.3 million. So, you know, the... That re- long recession we had really hurt because, you know, we had so many aircraft workers off, and now we're undergoing a lot of retirements. Uh, that's making a difference because your best givers usually are over the age of 50 because 
they have more disposable income, houses paid for, college loans and so forth are gone. Um, and the young millennials just are not able to give at that level. So that's had some real impact. And we're talking about uh, probably thousands of people who have retired in the last couple of years that, out of industry that directly impact the annual campaign. You know, what they're looking at in the industries is finding people to replace those people. The baby boomers, like folks like you and me, yeah. are, are starting to retire, and they're scratching for people to come in here. Yeah, that's getting to be a real challenge. In fact, I might just... Uh, put in a plug if I could. I had a person write me one time. We just happened to send out a, a solicitation letter to this person who was retired, and it came back with a note and said, thank you for thinking of me. And this person had worked at Boeing back in the day and thought that we just didn't care anymore because they retired. When, in fact, in these big companies, we don't know the individual names of people uh, when they give. So when they retire, they're kind of lost to us. So if somebody's out there that's retired that used to give to us and would like to, um, call me because we'd certainly like to get them involved again. Do you want to give a phone number? or They can call me uh, at our general number, um, or they can just make it easy and call 211 and ask for Pat. And, wow, uh, that is easy. <laughs> you know, they'll, get, they'll get it to me. Okay. So uh, they don't have the uh, automatic payroll deduction anymore. Right. So they, they, they think you've lost track of them completely then, huh? And yeah, I, I, this gentleman thought that we just didn't care anymore because he no longer worked, when in fact we just didn't know who he was or where he was. And I, th I think there's a lot of folks out there like that, and uh, we'd like them to come home and continue to give. How many programs does United Way of the Plains support then, Pat? You know, we have 82 different programs that we serve in the community, um, about 35 agencies, but we, we look at the programs, and there's 82 separate different programs that range from, you know, childhood, uh, babies really, all the way up to end of life. So I was thinking uh, that the other day that you, you I, I was under the impression you only supported like 30 agencies, but you're talking about programs now. Correct. You go to the 80, 82. Yeah, we, we don't just fund the agency, we fund the specific programs. So an agency might have five or six programs and we fund three of those. Uh, based on whatever priority we think is um, needed in the community. Now, does that number change from year to year, or is it pretty constant? That number will change. It won't go up you know, dramatically or go down dramatically, but uh, programs change, uh, programs drop out. We may look at one and say it's really not successful, and so we quit funding that, or we may add a program. That was uh, something I was going to ask you, brought my next question, and that is how, how do you decide who's going to be a United Way agency then? That has always, to me, been what makes United Way so unique than any other charity. It really is our backbone. It's what we call the Grants Review Committee. And this is just people who give, volunteers uh, who have been involved over the years. Uh, I've had people in the workplace express their interest, and I say, come on and join the committee. And they look at the agency proposals. They look at the agency independent audits they have to provide us. They look at the budgets they provide us. They actually go on site to the agency and look at the program in action, ask a lot of questions. And they, this group of volunteers, makes recommendations to our board of directors, which is also volunteers. And that's how the decisions are made. And the board makes the decision. Do you board. have, a, as the CEO and president, do you have any say on this or just uh, 
have to kind of go with what they do. You know, I suppose if they asked me, I would certainly give my opinions. But a lot of times people think it is the United Way staff that makes those decisions. It's not. It's volunteers in the community. And, and the strength of United Way is that volunteer control and the fact that it's local control. We, we share a common name of United Way, but every board is autonomous. Uh, the money that's raised in this area stays here. It's absolutely 100% controlled by local volunteers. And where, where do most of your donations come from? The workplace or, or outside the workplace? It's I know still, you're big in the workplace because that's yeah, where I do it's it. It's still <laughs> about 70% of our money comes from the workplace. So whatever impacts the workplace, like a recession, has a dramatic and immediate effect on our annual campaign. Uh, two, let's talk about 211 again. I mean, you brought it up and mentioned it, and I know that uh, we've had it for several years now. Tell, tell us about 211. What is that? Well, 211 is a terrific program to help people looking for service. And we cover all of Kansas except for a few counties that are part of the Kansas City, Missouri metropolitan area. It's very simple. People call 211, and we have over 3,000 programs in our database uh, from throughout the state of Kansas. So somebody may call and say, uh, you know, my, my parents are getting elderly. Uh, I'm looking for, you know, care for them. I'm looking for food, uh, that kind of thing. We can hook them up with the right program, the right agency uh, throughout the area. So they may call. Uh, we, in fact, we had a call one time from a guy in California who had elderly parents, and he knew it was time to get back here and start taking care of business with them. But he called ahead to see what some of the programs were. Um, so so we called 211 called you. He called okay. us at 211 from California, and we were able to help him. So, you know, if it's whether you're in Dodge City or Topeka or Wichita, Salina, all throughout Kansas, we have these programs in our database. And the whole purpose is to hook people looking for help that need help up with the agency and the program that can provide that help. Now, do you have operators there all the time then? We have operators there uh, 24-7. Are Over, they volunteers or are they actually employees? Uh, no, these are all staff. They're, oh, staff. They're, okay. trained, um, they're trained call specialists because there's certain ways you want to answer that call right, and right. look for the information. Uh, overnight, we work with the Kansas City United Way 211, uh, and they do our overnight because we get so few calls. But 24-7, uh, we also have a service that if we get someone that, that calls that uh, can only speak Spanish or Vietnamese, we can hook them up with a, a translator. So it's it's a good service. Last year, we had 50,000 people call us, and another uh, about 28,000 people uh, went through our website looking for service. So, you know, that's 78,000 people looking for help. In one year. Mm, okay. You're listening to Issues 2018 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is United Way of the Plains president and CEO Pat Hanrahan. Thirteen million for your goal this year. What are you? Are you optimistic you're going to get it, Pat? What are What are your feelings? If you're going to handicap the, the, the well, thing? I'm cautiously optimistic. It's It's still tough. Um, you know, this as I mentioned, these this retirement issue is has been one that's really been bugging us. But we're pushing hard. We have got a great group of loan executives, great staff and volunteers, and everybody's out there working as hard as they can. When is the campaign over then? November what, 15th? Something? We'll be over officially around November 15th, mm -hmm. but but we're flexible. Uh, sometimes companies have to run late. Sometimes companies run early in the summer. Whatever works best for that individual workplace, 
that's what we're going to do. Now, let's just say that uh, there's a you've got a, a, an employer. They're interested in having everybody, if they can, at their work sign up for the United Way uh, the funds. Uh, do you? How do you t- handle that? Do you have people who go out and, and talk to individual businesses? We have people that go out and talk to them. Uh, all they have to do really is provide us the, the time to sit there and talk to their staff. We'll come in with a video. We'll come in with a presentation. It can take as little as 10 minutes. Um, but it's so important because people should be told what it's all about. Yeah. People want to give their money. You want to know. You want to ask questions. You want to get answers to those questions, and you should. And that's what we do when we go out and do, do these uh, group meetings. Okay. So, and and then the employer, uh, they have to they be kind of careful not to make the demand that oh, we're gonna everybody's gonna give right because that, that that wouldn't be the way to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's the last thing we want. <laughs> I, I, I always end my talks by saying that nobody's gonna tell you what to give. Mm. Uh, that I hope they've considered what they've seen and you know whether it's five dollars a paycheck or ten or two, that's their individual decision. And we in fact we even have a board policy against pressure. We just don't want to see that. We want people to give because they want to give. And I happen to believe when we get the chance to tell the story and answer their questions, they truly will want to give. Now, who are the, the biggest local donor businesses and companies? Well, our, our largest ones, of course, would be in the aircraft area. Spirit is the largest, and then Textron, um, Learjet, Intrust Bank. Those are the, the top four. But it's so important that the smaller businesses get involved. Uh, you add up the big companies, and it's only about half of the campaign total. Okay. So the rest of that comes from a lot of small business. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of companies that still are not involved with us. And we always try every year to, to get to add to that, that base. You that have base. to if you're going to. We have to, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How much does the average donor give, the, the one individual? Do you, do you have a number on that? I'd say in some of the larger industries, the average gift is around $350. Um, for one person. For one person. Yeah. Um, in smaller businesses, it might average more like 50 or $75. But it's not just a saying. I mean, it's truly important. Every dollar that people give is important, every one of them. Now, again, how do individual businesses, somebody's listening to me right now, and say, well, we need to get involved with that. They go to you go to your web page. Just you know, go on the web and type in United Way of the Plains, and is that simple? You can or? type in our yeah. website. Our phone number's on there uh, at two six seven one three two one. As I mentioned earlier, you can call two one one and ask for Pat. Um, just call the United Way, ask for me, and we, we'll come out and talk to you. Any special programs you'd like to talk about today? You know. Yeah. We have done a lot in the area of education, and I'm so proud of that. Uh, We had a young man uh, that came to our kickoff and told his story. His mom was a a teenage mom. She had to drop out of of school. She was a single mom. They had some tough issues in, in life. Actually, the three children got separated for about a year and then came back together as a family. And he told his story, and he went... Uh, to the Boys and Girls Club a lot, called that his second home. Today, he's at K-State at K on a scholarship. But the point I'm so proud about is that I remember a meeting back in 1989 when we decided as a United Way whether or not to start, to start the Boys and Girls Club. And as I told the group last week at the kickoff, 
uh, after hearing his story, I couldn't help but think, what if we'd said no? Mm-hmm. And the same goes for when we started Harbor House and Project Access. What if we'd said no? There's so many opportunities out there where we need to say yes. In the last few years, we've had to say no. But you asked me, you know, what, what am I really proud about? It's the whole area of education. Uh, we're doing some things right now that I think are going to pay off for years to come uh, in three areas. The Be There initiative, which is all about chronic absenteeism, the student's absent from school over 10% of the year, he's chronically absent. You get to that level, you start losing math scores, reading scores, right. and that leads to dropouts. We want to correct that. We've got a program working on that, and we're seeing improvements. 63% of the kids now are not chronically absent. Uh, we, we have a program for storybooks that go out to preschoolers from up to the age of five to get parents involved in reading. And we have one that I'm really excited about, and it's called Read to Succeed. It started a few years ago with one school, elementary school. We are now in 20 elementary schools in the Wichita area. And these volunteers do one simple thing. They go in once a week and have the child, third grader, read to them. The child reads to the them. The child reads to them. And that is, I think, a key. It's not. It's great to go read a story to somebody, but the child reading, uh, you pay more attention. At least I know I would have as a kid. If I knew I had to read to somebody, I was going to do my homework on that. Yeah. Their reading scores are improving. Why is that so important? If you can't read at the third grade level, by third grade, you've got like about a one in four shot of graduating from high school. Wow. Yeah. So as I've told these volunteers, the work they're doing now in ingraining in those kids the value of reading and the joy of reading, they'll pass on to their kids and those kids on to their grandkids. Yeah. You know, so what these volunteers are doing today could have an impact 100 years from now. It's, it's, that's true. Yeah. It actually is. And that's just amazing and exciting to think of what we can do. All of those kids today are going to have much happier lives and their kids and grandkids, because one volunteer cared to go out 30 minutes a week and have a child read to them. And, and, uh, how painless is that? Yeah. I mean, you sit there and give the kid a little attention, right? It doesn't cost wow. anything. It costs a little bit of gas to get in your car and 30 minutes of your time, and it makes such a difference. Wow. Well, tell us about United Way's uh, efforts during times when jobs get scarce around here, at least one or two times over the past few years. You've done some some special work, haven't you? Opened up uh, seminars or shops or something? Yeah, and I hope we don't have to do it yeah. ever again. <laughs> no, uh, really. Or for a long, long time. But, you know, we always call it the laid-off worker center. And yeah, we've yeah. had, uh, like we did back in the the 90s and, you know, back in the um, the Great Recession, you, right. people lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's such a large loss of jobs that the, the usual agency – uh, format or structure just won't accommodate everybody. So we start what we call a laid-off worker center, bring a number of agencies together, not just United Way funded, but other agencies and government programs in, in kind of a one-stop center to help people, to give them maybe a little extra to get on their feet. Uh, sometimes it might just be one month of, of rent, and it's just enough to get them established uh, as they go into you know a layoff mode. Now, if you've, I was uh, talking to a lady the other night, a woman I saw her out in Zubilee, about my age, probably 50, 60, somewhere in there. And I said, have you, ever, have you ever been fired? No. There are a lot of people who haven't. 
And if you if you haven't, believe me, it's an experience you don't want to go through. Uh, if you've been terminated, for my wife and me, it's always, we've never did anything wrong. We're just downsizing or whatever. And it can be kind of devastating. So to have somebody like that where you can go to, I imagine, is there some sort of, is there counseling involved or is that something else, Pat? Yeah, well, I know we do have counseling. Do you? We have, okay. we have uh, you know, budget counseling because yeah. they, they need that kind of help. But also uh, counseling to address kind of the, some of the issues that, that you were talking about. Yeah. You know, I've seen people come in and they're just totally devastated. Devastated. Yeah, yeah. Because they think it was their fault, they're not good enough, things yeah. like that. And it, it just happened to be the economy. Tell us about the role volunteers play uh, for the United Way of the Plains. Well, volunteers are very important. You know, as I've been talking about with, in the campaign, we have volunteers in virtually every company. So in a campaign like that, we may have a couple thousand volunteers. They're important in our governance structure, that grant review committee that I talked about, the board of directors, other committees from finance to marketing, uh, all aspects of United Way. And then, of course, they're vitally important in the agencies that we fund, uh, whether it's an agency like Big Brothers or this reading program I'm talking about. You know, Wichita would just not be the quality community we are without volunteers. And that's not just for United Way and our agencies, but you, you just think about it. Hey. From church boards to Little League. I see it virtually every week on this show, Pat. <laughs> yeah, volunteers are absolutely critical. It's, it's the lifeline, I think, of social services in the community. Beyond the annual fundraising driver, are there any other fundraising efforts that the United Way of the Plains does? Or is this the only one? No, the annual campaign is is the the big push to raise money for the entire year, um, and that's why it's so important that we reach that goal because um, a lot of people are depending on us. What to, what's the percentage of local workers who donate? You know that, that we that, talk that, about this. Yeah, it, it hasn't changed much. It's only about twenty five percent, and that's kind of sad. But the exciting part of it is that all the potential we've got out there, and it's not because these people don't care and don't want to give, I'm thoroughly convinced we just haven't reached them yet. We just haven't talked to them. They just haven't seen the scope of what United Way does. When we get that opportunity, that's why these group meetings and companies are so important. When we get that opportunity, I've seen it time and time again, where people turn around and become you know, very fervent uh, contributors to United Way. You never know when we're going to go from being a contributor to a recipient of some of those services. That's right. right. In my career, I've seen, I've had people come up to me at, at an agency and say, a year ago I gave, I never thought I'd be sitting here today. <laughs> I mean, it happens, yeah. Pat, is there anything new on the drawing board you'd like to talk about today? We've got a few, just a few, a couple of seconds here. For last well, we got some things coming up that, you know, in the next few months and year we're going to be talking about, I think, that working in partnership uh, with the city on some things that I think will help improve uh, community life and some neighborhood lives. Uh, we're not there yet, but it's part of the changing United Way and doing some things that um, we call collective impact, and it's going to be real exciting. So, Dave, you're not going to tell me about any of it today, are you? Can't tell you about it yet, but it's going to be exciting. So, what, where are you at in your career? I mean, are you going to do this for a while, or are you doing You know, any? people ask me I'm that all the time. I'm not trying to kick you out yeah. the door, Pat. <laughs> people ask me that all the time. You look at me, and you know I'm not. Well, Anywhere near 23 anymore. You're not a child. <laughs> uh, but I enjoy the work. Uh, I enjoy the people. Uh, I enjoy knowing what I do. Uh, as long as health is with me, I'll, I'll be around for a while yet. So what is the payoff then? 
uh, other than the giant paycheck you get. What, 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 good, what, what makes you get out of that bed in the morning, Pat, and, and get going? Well, it's things like the, the, the boy I mentioned to you yeah. at the kickoffs. Watching him go to college with a scholarship and knowing you had a part in establishing an agency that changed his life, you can't buy that feeling. That, that is just so good to, to go home at night and know that happened. And if you're out there and you're thinking about, maybe I ought to get involved in some way again, Pat's made it real easy for you. You just pick up the phone and dial 211 and ask for Pat. That's about as simple and as easy it can get as it can get. And Pat, as always, hey, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Good luck on the campaign. Thank you, Steve. Our guest is United Way of the Plains President and CEO Pat Hanrahan. That's all for this edition of Issues 2018. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.